Let's look at John chapter 3, kind of a famous text. I've been funny how this text is so overread, but I never get sick of it. It's it's um it's, it's famous in the sense that maybe you guys have heard, heard the term born again. Are you born again? You got to be born again. Have any of you heard of that? Okay, it's really annoying, you know, when someone says, "Are you born again?" You know, um, are you saved? And uh, so, but let's look at the original text where that comes from, okay? Because uh, it's actually quite powerful. It's a story of this this kind of religious holy roller guy named Nicodemus, who's like uh, he's a ruler of the Jews. Okay, so he's like a Pharisee. Pharisees were like, uh, I always learned it as a kid, fair, you see. Like they thought they were like fair and special. Um, but, and they did. They really, they, they followed all these rules that they took from the Old Testament, like 600 something of them. And, uh, and so they thought the only way to get uh, successful is to kind of follow all these rules. Kind of like our system, right? You know, you have to jump through the hoops and then you get more income if you just, Follow the rules, you know, follow the rules. But that is the way that, that was the whole system that Jesus opposed, uh, completely opposed it. He was absolutely against that whole system of just thinking you could be saved through following rules. And that's why the, the system hated him. And that's why he got executed too. Because he was about something that was a higher level of spiritual life and not about religion. You know, uh, he was about um, authentic um, life, of, of being led by the spirit and being free. He knew about freedom like no founding fathers of America could have ever imagined. He, he had such a higher level of freedom that there's no democracy that's ever existed that even comes close to Jesus's picture of what freedom looks like. And so um, our constitution doesn't even come close to what you can find in John's gospel. But anyway, check it out. That's my little prom promo. Um, what do you call it when you see a, a taster or like a movie? Um, trailer. trailer. That's my trailer. <laughs> so who, I'm going to read verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Why do you think a lot of crimes happen at night? Hard to see. Okay. So why would Nicodemus go by night? He didn't want to be seen. He wanted to have sneak, a sneak preview of Jesus. He wanted to kind of get a glimpse of him without anyone noting. Right. Exactly. And, and I, I don't blame him. I mean, these days, being associated with Jesus is kind of weird. Like, you know, that a lot of people see Jesus as pretty negative in our culture. And so, like, uh, do you know people that would, that, are, that would like to be associated with Jesus, but they're kind of embarrassed about it? So they wouldn't want anyone to know that they were associated with Jesus? Have you ever been like that? I've been like that. I think I am right now. I wonder if it's more like associated with Yeah, that's more what it is. It's not Jesus, but the Jesus of Christianity, of the dominant, you know, kind of religion, right? So um, Nicodemus comes by night, but he doesn't come. For, he's not embarrassed for the right reasons. He's embarrassed because because he's a law enforcing kind of guy who's all about like 
control and he probably would have been four cameras on every corner you know like they have in the uk or, or china you know that sur surveillance mass surveillance to make sure everyone's doing the righteous thing so that because you know if you're doing something un unrighteous then god's not going to bless the nation and get them free from the roman empire that's what they thought okay um so he would have been he was more on the side of law enforcement and um and so anyway he went by night kind of as a cop almost right and um, but not to make an arrest, but just to find out where did Jesus get, you know, what he had. So here's what he said. Um, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God. Wow, they do. So they've been watching him. And uh, Rabbi and Nicodemus and maybe some of his friends, maybe all the Pharisees. Well, if they know that he's come from God, why don't they follow him? Right. Nicodemus is saying, we know um, that. Um, you have come from God as a teacher. They don't think of him as the Messiah, the Christ, or the Savior, right? We know that you come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Okay, so like there's things that Jesus was doing that, um, that kind of were beyond what they could do. And they were supposedly the most seriously religious people that existed. And so... Anyway, uh, so they're like, wow, he's doing stuff that we can't do, and it's good stuff. Um, even though right before that, he'd overthrown all the temple, all the tables, money changers' temple, tables in the temple, which was serious criminal activity, right, in their eyes. But before that, he was also healing people all around it, before and after. So he was a mixture, because um, he was doing all this healing and liberating of people even though he was overturning tables um, of the people that were like the tax collectors. Yeah. I think he was sincere because why would he come by night? If he wasn't sincere, he might've done it to trap him. Because a lot of times you see Jesus, they try to trap him by saying things in public, getting him to say things in public. But because he comes by night, I think he was being real. And then um, check out what he says now, or Jesus says. Jesus answered and said to him, um, yeah, for sure I came from God. Um, you're right. You finally figured it out. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There, you, there, there it comes, born again. That's where that word comes from. Unless um, someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus, in other words, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't see action. You can't see the signs of, um, that, you're, that, that you think are really, that show that I'm from God. You're not going to see that in your ministry, in your life, unless you're born again. And so, um, wow, well, so what does that mean? Nicodemus is thinking, right? Um, Nicodemus is taking it really literally because he's a literalist. He's one of those kind of people that if you're going five, six miles over the speed limit, he'll bust you, right? Um, that's what I call literalist, right? If a cop pulls you over when you're going six miles over, you know he's a literalist, right? If he lets you get 10 miles over, then he's not a literalist. Okay, so Nicodemus is take, takes him at 
face value and says, how can a man be born when he's old? He can't enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again, can he? So I think Nicodemus actually was just thinking Jesus was being straight up with him. Um, and Jesus, uh, Jesus is probably rolling his eyes going, symbolic, Nicodemus, it's symbolic. I'm, I'm not talking about like literal going back into your mother. Um, I'm talking about like you have to be born, um, you, know, you have to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. Um, what is he saying? What is Jesus trying to get across here? What? Okay, you're reading ahead. <laughs> That's good. That's what he does say. In fact, he says, um, truly, truly, again, he says it for sure, for sure. Um, how would you say truly, truly in the prison system? What would, what would be the equivalent of that? Anyone know? Like, I'm not going to lie. Something like that? For real. For real. For real, for real. What's the other one? On my word. On my word. On my word. On my word. For real, for real. I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. So first he was talking about seeing. You have to be born again to see. And now he's talking about being born of water and of the spirit in order to enter. What would you prefer if you had to choose between seeing the kingdom of God and entering the kingdom of God? Entering, yeah. So, uh, but if you could have it both seeing and entering? <laughs> Absolutely. Right on. I, I agree. Okay, so what's wrong with our birth according to the flesh? Like, you know, I was born with my mom and dad. I mean, they were good people. Like, why can't that be enough? It's of the earth. It's mortal. Okay. So what Jesus is doing, um, it's really interesting. I've been thinking about the relationship between being a child of God and Jesus. You know, uh, a lot of times, um, I think there's a lot of people that call themselves disciples of Jesus, but they haven't really become a child of God. And you can you can almost like be a child of, be a be a disciple of Jesus in a way by following all of his teachings, trying to anyway, right? So you think, okay, well Jesus um, Jesus's teachings in the Gospels, red letter edition. I'm going to do what he says, and we can be like the Pharisees, where we we try to just follow all the rules and um, to, to make it in. Um, you know, to, we see God like probation officer God, and we're just trying to jump through the hoops. You know, uh, fill out our, our housing application or whatever, make sure everything's written the way it needs to, and then we get the reward, right? But we do that by just, and that's what it means to be a disciple for some people. But being a child of God is is the main thing that Jesus taught as kind of a foundation for being a disciple. And being a child of God means a new identity. You know, one of the problems we have in America right now is a lot of people who call themselves Christians see themselves as Americans first and Christians second. And that's because they haven't been born. Uh, they haven't been born a second time where they're not they're, they're You know, they, they, when we're born from God, we're not citizens. 
it, it has nothing to do with our U.S. citizenship or our Canadian or French or English or whatever citizenship we are. You know, when we're born of, of God, that makes us, um, you know, we, we get a new identity where we have um, a new passport that's an invisible passport that where we're members of the kingdom of God. And, um, and that's our passport um, into heaven, into eternal life, right? It's like uh, our passport, our identity is here, you know, um, U.S. citizen, whatever it is, Mexican, uh, native, you know, the, those identities are, are based on just who our DNA and where we were actually physically born in what country we were born, but it, they're totally limited. They just limit us because it's just about our race, our, our ethnicity, our, our family. So, um, you know, Nicodemus, he wasn't, he hadn't kind of really gone into this new birth. So he didn't have God as his father. And in order for us to have, uh, to, to see signs and wonders of the kingdom, we need God as our father. You know, we need to we need to come into this new family where God is our Father, and um, and the Spirit of God comes into us, so that we can have um, the authority to deal with all the sickness and all the evil spirits and all the crap that messes with the world, all the powers of um, and, you know of this that create injustice and chaos around the world. You know, all those things have been put under Jesus's feet because he he. You know, he died on the cross and conquered the power of death. And we, we, we benefit from that. But we need to be part of that family of God, first and foremost. So we need to be reborn. But how do you get reborn? It's not about going back into our mother and coming out a second time. And um, Nick, Jesus clar clarifies it. He says, unless you're born um, of water and the spirit. So baptism, right? That's what the baptism is about. If we go into the water, I go in Bob Ekblad, born in Seattle, U.S. citizen, you know, uh, white. And I come out, I'm still all those things. But mainly, I'm a son of the Father now. And even though I still look the same, and I still maybe have a, a U.S. Uh, passport, um, but, I, but my, my true identity is... Um, I've died to my identity according to the flesh. And so I'm not, an, I, I, I don't want to be an entitled person anymore. Now I'm part of the mission. Of, uh, I'm ready to be a disciple of Jesus. So um, that which is born of flesh is flesh, Jesus says. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, like, do you have enough authority to deal with all the crap in your life and in the world by just being the daughter or the, or the son of your mom and dad? No way. My dad went bankrupt at age 65. I have no inheritance. Like, uh, you know, my whole adult life, I didn't get any help from my parents. They were just going from house to house. A lot of us have had way worse situations than that. Okay, the, you know, I'm not Bill Gates' son, so I don't have like a credit card with a billion dollar limit. Right? But if you're the daughter for the son of the father of Jesus, You've got, you're wealthier than any billionaire in the sense that you're tied in with the creator of the universe. And if you're doing the will of God, then you can count on him to back you up. Right? That's what I think. And so Jesus is trying to get Nicodemus to shift his thinking and to realize, wow, I can't save myself through jumping through hoops and through obeying laws. I need to actually just 
realize I don't have it and I need to just let, uh, I need to, to, to surrender to God's love and get born from, you know, born again. You know, the word born again, the word again means from above. It's the same word in Greek as again, is from above. I need to be born from above. I like that better. Born, born from above. It's just in Greek, it's the word can mean those two things. It means from above and again. Kind of cool. So being born from above is like the spirit coming upon us. And so when Jesus was baptized, think about it. He, he came out of the waters. Remember what happened? The heavens were torn apart and a voice from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The spirit comes down, lands on him in the form of a dove. And that that's that's when he began doing all of his miracles is as a son of the father, you know, baptized and with the spirit upon him. So how do we step into that status of being a son of God? If you look at John chapter one, um, it says, um, beginning in verse um, nine, there was the true light which coming to the world enlightens every human being. That's what I love. You know, God's word was committed to enlightening everybody, everyone, not just some. Enlightening everyone. Um, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, just like now. And the world didn't know him. So we couldn't tell that it was him. Because I think because he's so humble and kind of, um, you know, um, he came to his own, and those who were his own didn't receive him. But he was just rejected. That's what Jesus' life experience was, right? But as many as received him, to them he gave authority. Or in our translation, some of it says the right to become, but the word is actually he gave authority to become children of God. So there we go. Those who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, he gives us the authority to become daughters and sons of God. And like that's how we have authority as a son and a daughter of God is through receiving Jesus. We were, um, we were talking about this with the Mexican um, group before this, how Jesus is like a smuggler, like a coyote, who crosses us into the kingdom. Um, you know, like the coyotes who smuggle people across the Mexican border. People have to trust them that they're going to uh, bring them across safely, right? And so with Jesus, he's like our smuggler who brings us into heaven, into the kingdom, despite the law. He doesn't do it. We don't get in because we follow laws. We get in by grace. And so when we trust him and we let him cross us over, then we, uh, we become wetbacks because we're not, we're not, we cross over through baptism, through the waters of baptism, unless you're born of water and the spirit. So we were talking about that, how all of us are, are wetbacks in a sense that we're all in by, not because of the law, you know? What's that? We're all wetbacks. And so I'm a wetback and I'm proud of it. Okay. And um, and so that means that we can't look down on anybody as being lesser because we're all in the same boat, right? And and Jesus is the one who brings us across into the kingdom of God. And and if we're if we're if we're an active addiction, hey, Jesus loves you. 
You know, if we're uh, relapsing from time to time, hey, Jesus loves you. He hasn't given up on you. He never will, never has, and he never will. I'm a child of God when I'm in the good times and the bad. Okay, and that's the gospel. But we have to receive Jesus. Okay, We need to welcome him into our lives. And when we receive him, that's the way we become a child of God in the sense that we get the authority of being tied to the Father. So check this out. We're born not of blood. It's not about where you were, you know, your DNA. It's not about having my mom was, you know, daughter of the American Revolution. She traces her lineage back to the first settlers. Okay. It's not about my bloodline. Okay. No, it's about um, I'm not a child of God because of the blood nor of the will of the flesh. Like say my mom and dad decided, oh, we're going to do it right. We're going to get married and then have sex. That was the official kind of do, way to do it right in the past. Okay. Right. And so it's not about the will of the flesh, trying to do it right or doing it or not doing it right. Um, you know, uh, that's not how we enter the kingdom. It's through doing it right, through our choice. It's not the will of man, but of God. We're born of God. Who chose to be born? Okay, birth is something that um, we do have a choice in the sense that we need to receive Jesus as the entry point into this new family, right? But once we receive Jesus, then that then God, God, that's what makes us come into the family of God. And that's when the spirit is available to us and we can uh, step into this new life where we're in. We have authority over the crap that press, oppresses us all the time. So that's, that's what I, I, I want to go back to John three now really quick. The big problem is, um, John 3, a little bit later, it says, um, for God so loved the world, this isn't the problem, the good part, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the world, the word, did not send the son into the world to judge the world. See? He didn't send him into the world to judge the world. So that's not our job either. Forget that. That's, you know, Jesus says, don't judge. Lest you be judged, right? Jesus said, um, didn't send his son into the world. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Isn't that cool? Why wouldn't everyone want to be part of that movement? Why wouldn't everyone want to follow Jesus? Being born from above, being born again, is being part of Jesus' global liberation movement. It's about not judging, but about being about liberation and salvation. And people stepping into this family where we have the Father and we're all on the same level. That's beautiful. Don't you think people would be drawn to that if they knew that that's what it was about? So um, he who believes, um, oh, this is the judgment, verse 19, that the light has come into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light. You know how we read earlier how it says um, he was in the world? but the world didn't know him. But this says the judgment is that he came into the world, the light came into the world, but people love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. The problem is, is when we're loving, um, you know, when we're loving the darkness, sometimes we need to suffer before we're ready to give up the darkness. 
Some of us have been like addicted to darkness, to, to things that are part of the dark side, right? We've been stuck in a lifestyle of, of being caught up in the darkness. And so that's why we haven't been open to the light because we're like, no, 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 no. I'm making good money selling these blues. Leave me alone. You know, I'm making good money, you know, um, shoplifting and selling it for my to support my habit. I'm leave me alone. You know, leave me alone. I'm I'm making good money in the stock market. Just uh, not being generous and just saving every penny for myself. And I have an endless need for just more, 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 more. I'm cool. I don't need God. I, I just want money. I just need money, right? You know, like that's the problem is we love darkness rather than the light for our deeds are evil. Whatever that looks like for each of us, right? And, and so, but this is the judgment. So for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed, right? And that's part of our problem in our valley here is that a lot of people, they still have bottomed out in, in their life of, you know, sort of resisting and just being about the darkness, right? But I believe that there's a lot of people that are tired. And our hope is that we can shine and not be judgmental. And people will want, who, who are tired, and who are just really, like, really tired. They've just done too many times, too many, too many prison sentences, you know, too many relapses, too many, they've lost too many friends to overdose deaths. They just had too many broken relationships. They've just been, now they're dealing with their bodies aging and they're getting sicknesses and they're having to go to the hospital and get all of us, like me, I've got cancer. It's in, it's in, it's in, it's in complete remission, but like I've had, I, I have been diagnosed with lymphoma. Like when you go through that kind of stuff, you just are like, I need you, Jesus. But when you're pre kind of bottoming out, you're still caught up in loving the darkness. And so we need to take a stand against the darkness if we're going to really get free. And, and when we do that, people are going to look at us and go, wow, Bob did it. I want to do it. Things are going okay for Bob. Jason did it. Wow. You know, um, Dean did it. Look at Dean. Things are turning around for Bobby. You know, for, um, you know, like, I believe that if we're people that are just humbly pursuing the, the narrow path of following after Jesus and letting the light and deciding we like the light and we don't need to run away and hide from it, you know, um, God's going to make other people want want that for themselves too. Not everybody, but, but some people, right? And I think that's how our, our Chinueva faith community is going to make a difference in this valley. And so then finally, um, but the one who practices the truth comes to the light, right? That's my hope that we be people that practice the truth, that we're no BS people that are willing to be truthful about what's up in our lives, you know? The ones who practice the truth come to the light so that their deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Jessica, do you have your Bible? Does anyone have that New Living Translation? Can you read that? This is Jessica's Bible. I like Jessica's Bible. Verse 21. The NIV? Uh, no, the New Living Translation. Jessica's Bible. It always makes it really clear. Yeah. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they are doing. So 
others can see that they are doing what some want. Okay, that's pretty good. I don't like the right part that does what's right, but because it's not exactly that. It's more like the one who practices the truth. Doesn't that sound different than doing what's right? What would you rather do? Do what's right or practice the truth? Because a lot of the things that are right are really important. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's that's actually really really well well done. So we need a little a few different translations sometimes to kind of check out if we're if something bothers us or we don't understand something. That's what we believe here. Yeah. So I just want to pray that you know I think we have an invitation. You know, Revelation 3.20, it's so powerful because, you know, it says those who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives us authority to become children of God, right? We're born not of the blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. How do we receive him? Is it harder to receive someone or to believe in him? It's, it's harder to receive? Yeah. <laughs> Well, if if a call's coming in, is it harder to receive the call or to believe in the per the person that's going to talk to you? I think believing is harder. Receiving, I like how it starts out by saying those who receive him. Receiving him could mean just like letting him in to tell us a little about, uh, to give him a chance. And then believing can be like something that happens, like what Jason was saying. First, I want to be able to see before I decide I'm going to enter. Right? I like that. I want to see what it's about before I go in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Revelation 3.20. Just check this out. Jesus is saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Got to find it. I know it by heart, but I well, I can't get my finger wet because a stupid mask. Yeah. Okay, Revelation three twenty. Okay, here it is. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is like standing at the door and knocking. He doesn't force his way in, right? It's like, and he doesn't knock like the police. And I hate the way the cops knock on someone's door. It's just so loud and obnoxious. Or more like a dog that kind of nuzzles its nose against the door and whacks with its tail. <laughs> Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him or her and will dine with him or her and he or she with me. So that's pretty cool because you let him in and he just wants to have a meal with you. And then you then trust comes 
you know, when you're in that face-to-face. -face. So, like, I believe we have to experiment with God. We have to taste and see that he's good. And then we're going to want to enter in to his kingdom because we're going to experience his goodness. And so let's pray that we could just do that, okay? So, Jesus, here we are. Thank you that um, you just invite us into a relationship with you that is uh, it's so tender and, uh, and true. And just uh, help us to uh, let our guard down enough to receive you, to notice when you're knocking, and, uh, and to let you in without fear. Just free us from the fear. Help us to see you more like our favorite pet who's trying to get in rather than the cops. And I just pray that you would um, help us to experience that communion of you eating with us and us with you, and that we would choose to believe in you, and that you would uh, bring us into that place of, of being born from above, of being born again, where we know that we're, your, we're the sons of the Father. Your Father is our Father. And thank you that we can just do that right now. And just say, Jesus, I, 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 I welcome you. I just want to say yes to you. I want to open my heart and, uh, and welcome you. And thank you that you, uh, you, know, you don't violate our trust. You're just, you're just super uh, respectful. And we love that about you. And uh, just help us to be people like that out and about and we're with others too, talking about you to them. And I pray that we would just turn away from the darkness whenever it, it shows its ugly face and that we'd be about loving the truth and the light, and that we would just shine like bright lights in this valley, and that other people would, would be drawn to that. Just pray all this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.